in the first four years, they had two daughters. In the first four years of their time there, they contracted malaria, their family, 60 times. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the latest episode of What in the World? This is episode six. It's a podcast all about what God is doing uh, here and around the globe. I just wanted to say thank you. I've been getting a lot of feedback from people who've been really enjoying this. Uh, For me, it's an absolute privilege to be able to share stories about what God's doing. And I get to talk to people and I get to learn about it. And especially in a season like we are right now, not just in America, but around the globe, where just so many terrible things are happening and there's so much tension and lack of love and lack of peace we're seeing around the world right now. For me, this is very encouraging. And I need to hear these stories that God has not stopped moving. He is active and this is not surprising him. But for this podcast specifically, I just wanted to share that if you are enjoying it, if you are finding it educating or just straight up entertaining, um, please share it, rate it and comment. This is actually a really big deal because the purpose of this podcast is that people's perspectives would be broadened and that they would learn more about what God is doing. And the only way that's going to happen is if more people hear this podcast. For me, that's what I want to have happen. This isn't about making this podcast viral or popular. It's about getting it in front of more people so that they have the opportunity to hear what God's doing and maybe want to be part of what God is doing. Once again, thank you guys for all the support with this podcast. And I just ask that once again, you would comment on it, rate it. Now we get to dive into my favorite part of every episode, which is the cultural blunder story. So let's listen in to Shantini Bhaskaran as she shares one of her cultural blunder stories. You know, I we constantly have cross-cultural blunders because of the difference in language. Indian English is, and, and so we learned our English from the British. So there's, you know, there's the vase versus vase and there's the schedule versus schedule. And I'm sure there are a lot of blunders. I mean, there are blunders that others have done to us, which I think are even funnier. You can share one of those. I wouldn't be opposed to hearing that. So we, we we were new to the country and we, you know us, we made friends really fast. And so there was this one young uh, lady, uh, young family at Elmbrook, whom we got to know and we love them. She's my best, one of my close friends now. So she, I tell the story all the time and she knows I told, tell the story. So she had invited us and her family for Christmas. And this was really unique for her family to meet someone from, you know, so different. And so everyone was on their very best behavior. This is Christmas dinner. So we're all behaving ourselves. And she has two boys, the ages of my boys, and they were all under the age of 10. And uh, so uh, she's trying to be the perfect hostess. And my, our two boys and her two boys are tearing around the house, uh, chasing each other or whatever. And so they ran through the kitchen to go to the basement and she had just about had enough. And she said, will you stop behaving like wild Indians? And the whole (laughs) place just went silent. (laughs) I bet she like turned beet red and she was so embarrassed. She was mortified. Her family was mortified. And oh my gosh, we laughed so much and we still tease her about it. So... The best part for me is just imagining her poor family's face when that happened. Yes, they were horrified. So, but it was funny. So today we are going to be diving into part of an interview I did with Shantini Baskran. 
which is gonna be a little different than what we normally do, and I'll explain that in a second. But first off, I just wanna talk about Shantini. Shantini is an absolutely amazing woman. It was so fun to talk to her. Uh, she is a chaplain, a mother, and a very gifted speaker. She has also been involved in Elmbrook's mission history for a long time, really getting her hands in the trenches. Uh, she also was born in India, which gives her also, I would say, a deeper perspective on what we're going to talk about today, which is the Emanuel Hospital Association in India. And she still has very strong connections over there, still goes over there frequently pre-COVID. It was just a really fun interview, and I really enjoyed talking to her. But why this episode is different is because I knew we were going to have to do two episodes based on the length of the interview. But when I started editing it, I realized that I wanted to do a really long section of When in the World. And When in the World is usually a section, a small section of the podcast, where we take a look back in history and what Elmbrook has been involved in and the legacy and how God's been moving through Elmbrook Church over the years. But we had so much content about the history with the Emanuel Hospital Association that I realized we needed to have a podcast dedicated to just that. So that's what this is going to be. In this podcast, I'm kind of focusing on something that Shantini said, which I really liked, is that these are seed stories. And we're going to have three seed stories, three seeds that Elmbrook was able to plant. And we were able to see God just grow, that God took these little deposits, these little seeds in our past and how they are still growing today and impacting people today. And one's going to be about a tsunami that hit India about 20 years ago and how Elmbrook was part of helping the Emanuel Hospital develop a disaster preparedness plan, which today is having ripple impacts. And the second story is about a specific doctor who realized she needed to get more specialized education so she could minister specifically to the needs of the local people that she was with. And Elmbrook was part of that. And finally, the last story is about a couple who were ministering to a small tribe and what they realized is that their medical expertise could open a door for the gospel. And you're going to hear what happened and how just the gospel just ran through that tribe, which is so encouraging. And all three of these are related to the Emanuel Hospital Network. They're all within that network of hospitals. So yeah, let's dive into this first part of our interview, our extra long segment of One in the World. Here's an interesting story was, uh, you remember when the tsunami hit? So at that point of time, nobody had dealt with disaster in India like that. You know, this mm -hmm. kind of disaster preparedness, no one had. Emanuel Hospital Association was one of the few non-governmental organizations that the government trusted to allow into some of these areas to help. Because we had, uh, Enbrook has had this long connection with this organization. So when we asked them, what can we do? How can we help? You know, right now, money is what we need. So we sent them money and they sent it back to us. <laughs> we sent them about $10,000 or something. They sent it back to us because they said people have been giving. So we have enough to cover the need that we're trying to meet. So we said, okay, how can we come alongside you? You know, we've set up aside this money for you. How can we come alongside you? And they said, uh, if you will allow us to put this towards disaster training, that's what we need most. So Elmbrook funded their disaster management, their disaster training. And today, a few months ago, the government of India asked Emmanuel Hospital Association to help with disaster training for the government workers. Wow. Because they have started doing it so well. And that's something that we put 
that was our seed money. The seed was Elmbrook. So see, and what's really cool about that to me is like uh, the times when I've talked to people who are, you know, in these nonprofits or in a hospital, and they're trying right. to start something, do ministry. We want to give money toward them, and usually, you know, you have a very specific way you want it yeah. allocated. Mm-hmm. Which there's some wisdom in that, right? But a lot of times, you have to make sure you're talking to the people on the ground. Like, mm-hmm. th- th- who sends back ten thousand dollars, right? Exactly. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And that's just so cool that Elmbrook got to be part of doing a training that now mm-hmm. the government is yeah. doing. That's nuts. That is very cool. So. Yeah, the other the other little Elmbrook seed with this organization, which is, is for me, I love these stories. And for me, these are cool. Is uh, So when I was doing missionary care, we took on one of their missionary doctors. So you mm. must remember that these are Indian doctors who, if they came here, they would make money. In fact, there are a number of doctors who come to the U.S., work six months here, and then go back to India and work six months there. You know, they just make all their money over here. And So anyways, but these are doctors who have trained, they can easily make millions of rupees or or dollars just being doctors, but they have given up everything to go on to the mission field. You know, so it's really amazing, these guys. So there was this one doctor, Dr. Anthile. She was an anesthesiologist and she and her husband went on to the mission field. She went there discovered that more than her anesthesiology skills, they needed a gynecologist. So she went back and did her MD in gynecology. And then over the years, she found that uh, there was there was such a need for palliative care because many, okay. uh, you know, uh, people in India, when, once they reach, especially in the rural areas, people don't have resources. So if they have a family member who's dying or family member who's so deliberated that there's nothing to do with them, they just leave them in the bed. She would go and see people living, you know, they poop and they pee and they, you know, they're just in their bed the whole time. There's no one to care for them. No one has the energy and all the time to, you know, care for them. Their pain is so great. There's no, you know, no resources to help. So she went on and did her MD in palliative care so that she could start this work in those communities uh, with palliative care. Right now, that's one of the big uh, uh, departments in Emmanuel Hospital Association. And Elmbrook was what came alongside Dr. Anthile and helped her get that degree that she got uh, in palliative care. So just for kind of frame of reference, when did she like make that decision? And like, what was the time frame when she was getting this degree? Oh, must be at least, I'm thinking around 10, between 15 and 10 years ago. Okay, so you're talking 20 years ago, kind of like with this... uh, Tsunami. Tsunami, and then Elmbrook trying to step into that disaster training, and then coming alongside this future doctor who then studied in palliative care. Well, not future doctor. She was a doctor doing all these other things and then also took on palliative care. Yeah, that's a very important clarification. She was already a doctor, but then she was specializing. Yes. Well, and that shows, I mean, her heartbeat too in this. Right. Because you're talking about someone who has already had a doctorate, already serving, and then investing more time and more money Mm -hmm. going somewhere where they could be making a lot more money if they had instead gone to the U.S. Because that is a big sacrifice. Like you are your lifestyle is going to be very different choosing to live there instead. So there was another doctor. I don't know. I'm just giving you all these stories. No, this is super helpful. All right. 
So there's this other doctor who my husband and I grew up with this doctor. She had, you know, she had studied when she was in medical school. We knew her. She came to our church in India and all that. And then she joined this organization, uh, Emmanuel Hospital Association. So she and her husband, I'm trying to think think through the whole story. So there, there was this little tribe in the central part of India that was dying out with dengue fever mm. and malaria and, you know, these mosquito waterborne diseases. Sure. So there were already some uh, missionaries from the south, south of India who had gone into this place and they were trying to evangelize these tribes. But they were running into this roadblock because their health situation was so significant that there was just no space for these people to hear the gospel. They asked this organization if they could send doctors. And this doctor, Vigila, and her husband, Isaac, they were sent into this tribal area. It's called the Malto tribe. They were sent into this mm-hmm. Malto tribal area. There was no hospital, nothing. So they started from scratch with a clinic and all of those things. In the first four years, they had two daughters. In the first four years of their time there, they contracted malaria, their family, 60 times. Oh, my goodness. You know, and so that's the kind of, uh, you know, sacrifice this family made to be in that area. But they stayed and they built the work. They started with a clinic. They built a hospital. That tribe has now turned to Christ. There's, a, a, you know, I think it's between like 80 to 90 percent of the tribe is actually Christian now. Sure. And so turn to Christ is amazing. So she is a musician and a doctor. And so she would make up all these songs to teach them how not how to wash their hands and you know, how to do things. So she'd have she had a diarrhea song and she had a washing your hands <laughs> song and she had all of these things. But the songs were so popular with the tribal people that the pastor of the church, that way once the church had been set up, the pastor of the church came over and said, can you tell these people not to ask for the diarrhea songs during worship services? <laughs> Could you imagine that at Elmbrook, like having a diarrhea song being <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely ridiculous. But that's so cool because, I mean, it, it's not, it's such a simple thing. But then right. it's connecting with people. Well, so here's the yeah, further continue. story. So she came, she came over for uh, International Center uh, a few years ago. And she was just, it was just so incredible to just the humility and the stories and her heart being sold out to Christ. And then last, uh, this uh, December, January, they went through a major trauma in their family, like mm. a really major trauma. And this is the sweet thing. Uh, as I talked to uh, Mike and few others, we were, Elmbrook was willing to bring them over here to get help for that trauma. But then the virus hit and so now they can't come. Mm-hmm. But just that they knew they could reach out to us because we have walked alongside with them all these years. Even though we have not financially supported them, we have been a spiritual support to yeah. this family. Yeah, so in that story, does that have a relationship to the hospital or is that that's a separate doctor? That's a separate doctor. See, uh, EHA has 20 hospitals. So that's okay. a separate hospital. It's a it's a hospital called Prem Jyoti Hospital, which is also part of the EHA group. So, so it's part of the bigger um, grouping of hospitals right. that we initially started talking about. Yeah. So when we initially talked about disaster management, we talked about all of the whole organization. And then when we talked about Dr. Ann Thal, who's with palliative care, she was in one particular hospital. 
uh, or not a region in the northern part of India. She was in charge of one part of one region. And then when we talk about Vigila, she's in charge of one hospital. So. So everyone, I really hoped you enjoyed this elongated section of One in the World. But before I move on, I want to quick define two terms. One is the International Center, which we mentioned in this podcast. Uh, the International Center started in 2004. And what it really was is it's a chance for Elmbrook to invite people, international Christian leaders from around the globe to us, where we get to learn from them, we get to learn about them. And also we get to offer some theological training while they're here. But more importantly over any of that is that we get to know them and develop deeper relationships. And from the International Center, we have seen so many relationships develop that has shifted the course of Elmbrook's mission and courses of other people and their missions over in their countries too. It's been this mutual learning experience that's been a huge, huge blessing to Elmbrook. And from its start, actually, we've seen 200 people come to Elmbrook from 58 different countries, which is just crazy to me. Uh, the other term real quick is field worker care. This is something that Elmbrook has had as a big priority and actually was one of the things that really impressed me when I joined staff at Elmbrook is how we try to care for our field workers and organizations overseas. And we take that very seriously with individual relationships, checking in on them, making sure they're okay financially, uh, spiritually, and mentally. Yeah, those are the two terms I wanted to define real quick. As we've wrapped up this story, um, this one in the world about the Emanuel Hospital Association Network, for me, it was just really fun to hear about these seed stories. And I hope for you it was as well to hear about how these deposits, these seeds in the past have grown so now that leads into the next episode where we get to talk about what's happening right now. What is Emanuel Hospital Association doing right now in this crazy time in history with COVID? And you should definitely look into what's happening in India if you haven't, because it's been absolutely insane. Um, honestly, it's quite horrific and very traumatic uh, what's going on right now. So we're going to dive into how is God still moving in that time? How is God still using the Emanuel Hospital Association? Yeah, that's the end of this podcast. So like I said at the beginning, I uh, would really love it if you guys would take time to comment, to rate this podcast, to share it with people. That's actually the biggest thing is just share it with people. We want to get these stories out there. We want people to be able to know that God is still moving and God has always been on the move and learn about ways that we can be part of it. So look forward to our next episode, which is going to be the current look on what's happening in India, what's happening with the Emanuel Hospital Association. 